and welcome to Dispel Magic, the podcast where we overthink how the magic of D&D might shape your campaign in surprising and unexpected ways. I'm Benjamin, game designer and writer. You can find me on Twitter at Sterling Vermin or the internet at large at sterlingvermin.com. Hello, my name is Dane, and I'm a dungeon master, podcaster, and voice actor. I'm in danger everywhere, online, at Dane in Danger. Benjamin, I I checked out some books from the library. I, I thought you might find them interesting. Would Would you like to hear about the books I checked out? Sure. Looks like one of them is covered in angel wings, and the other one is made of human skin. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That's what drew my eye to them. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're eye catching. That's for sure. Is it a good idea that I keep them in the same place, <laughs> right next to each other? Uh. Bizarrely, there's actually no indication that that's a problem at all. So I think, yeah, I think you can keep those two uh, as a set, box set. Good to know. Get a slip cover for those things. You're all you're good to go. Everyone, it's an item episode on Dispel Magic. We're doing essentially two items. It's a double whammy. The Book of Exalted Deeds and the Book of Vile Darkness. Interesting, interesting. I have never heard of these items. If if people who were around in about 20 years ago for D&D uh, will remember that there were two books towards the end of D&D 3.X's life cycle uh, that shared these names. Um, one was the Book of Vile Darkness and the other one was the Book of Exalted Deeds. Mm-hmm. I think they were pretty awful books, but I, I thought most of that <laughs> game was pretty awful, so I, I didn't uh, play a whole lot of it or read those books. But... Uh, you know, the the gist of it is that the Book of Exalted Deeds is all good stuff. It is oh. goodness in a book. Is that And the Book of is? Vile Darkness is evil and evil in a book. It's just like pure manifested evil. Huh. So, it seems pretty straightforward then, huh? You read from the good one, good stuff happens. Read from the bad one, bad stuff happens. That's not totally inaccurate. I would say they're more like, I guess, recruitment tools to for oh. one side or the other. It's almost like... They're Propaganda. Opposing, yeah, I mean, opposing sides in a sort of mystic, esoteric, cosmological war, and both of these both of these books are sort of drafting people into that uh, eternal duality or, or fight. Sure, plot hook the item. Got it. That's right. We we ended up making good, evil, and holy magic a bit of a theme recently, so. I decided it was the perfect time to kind of drop mm. in on, on these these magic items and see what they're all about. So let's get to it. Unlike a lot of other episodes, we're not going to give you all of the detailed information about these magic items right up front because it's separated over the course of like four or five pages in the Dungeon Master's oh Guide. Oh my God. And you would never remember the start of it by the time we got to the end of it anyway. And so we're just going to start talking about uh, discrete sections. And we'll we'll tell you about what's what as we get to it. Pertinent information as it comes up. So these books are actually found separate from the other magic items because they are artifacts, which the DMG explains are more like plot devices than magic items that you can just drop in a game. One thing that I that really struck me when I was doing the research on this is that when I realized because I, I went looking for these books first in the magic item section. When I realized they're in the artifact section, I was like, oh, maybe these are cooler than I remember them being. But then I read them and they're actually very bad. They're not 
like no one would ever care about having one of these <laughs> huh? things all that much. And they're pretty uninteresting. Huh. Which obviously made it perfect fodder for this podcast. Right. Yeah, we'll really take them to their limit. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what makes them so uh, profoundly bad? Sure. Well, the, the benefits of the Book of Exalted Deeds are that your wisdom increases by two. You cast light because you have a halo. And that gives you a few other utility benefits. If you're a cleric or paladin, your spell slots count as one level higher. That's nice. And that like that and that's it. Those are the <laughs> benefits. So if you want to be a little more wise, constantly cast light and your your spells are stronger if you're one of two classes, then this is the book for you. And if none of that stuff matters, then uh what then you have no interest in the book of exalted deeds. Does it say there's a limit of 1? Can I have a stack of halos and artifacts are explicitly or explicitly like there's a singular version of it in the multiverse. So oh. I don't, maybe you could stack halos from some other thing, but you're never going to be able to get multiple books of exalted deeds that will let you do that. That's too bad. It'd be cooler if it did. Um. <laughs> yeah. That, that, so, so really in, in this, I mean, we'll talk, I think a little bit more about it later, but the only, the only benefit that's even slightly interesting for world building here is that last one about pumping up the spell slots of clerics because that'll let clerics cast higher level spells more frequently and usually those higher level spells are really world altering. So I mean that that does sound like a powerful item but like a a powerful item like a wondrous item maybe but not as you've said a an artifact that is singular. Right. But so, so tell us about the book of vile darkness. Yeah, the benefits of the Book of Vile Darkness are you increase an ability score of your choice by two and decrease a different ability score by two. So kind of a give and take. You become disfigured in a way evil things like, which, side note, is pretty problematic to associate disfigurement with evil. That's rough. That's a rough yeah, one. Yeah, it, I, I was my mouth hung open when I read that. This is uh, this is writing from another time. You can command evil creatures, which is this magic's item's only decent benefit, according to Benjamin. You know things about evil. Like, oh, is that an evil thing? I I'm know simplifi- about that. I'm simplifying it, but it's basically like if you need to make a roll to see if you know about something evil, you get to add twice your proficiency bonus. That's wow. what that does. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a knowledge check, which yeah. we all know. Just D&D's rife with knowledge checks. And you can speak in a way that's so evil that it hurts you and non-evil creatures around you. What? Yeah, it's um, Wait, it's, all what? Like, it's all like, here's some good stuff, but or here's some like very small good stuff, but it's all paired with really bad stuff too. Except for that commanding evil creatures thing. That's, I guess. I know there's good. a certain class of player who loves to just really you know have the have the two sides of a of a item they're like i don't mind a, a, an interesting item that's got drawbacks but it's things like one ability score gets higher and one gets lower it's like well that's about as boring as it could possibly be right your your charisma is suddenly down oh no yeah oh no yeah so weaker. anyway i mentioned earlier none of these is particularly uh world changing um, it's not when we're, we'll get into 
sort of the impact on a on a setting or how you, how these things might be exciting to incorporate into a game later, but they won't be exciting because of anything this, these these items do as a benefit because that's not that good. Um, in addition to all those things, artifacts have this weird extra quality where they might have random extra benefits or drawbacks. And so every time the Book of Exalted Deeds shows up in your setting, it's going to have a couple random extra benefits. And when the Book of Vile Darkness shows up, there's going to be a few extra random benefits and then a few extra random drawbacks. Because I guess evil is just... The difference between good and evil is just that evil has drawbacks. <laughs> good is just good. Yeah. Mechanical standpoint, I don't see any reason why any character would ever pursue having one of these things. They're not that good to have. This feels like a mid-level boss, like a like a level seven, level eight. You come up with somebody who has one of these things, right? Just, uh, and yeah, and and you defeat them, and then the DM's like, and now you have this, and everyone's like, okay, cool. Uh, we'll just keep it in a yeah. box. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be more interesting if these were like a like a, a smaller magic item that could be like proliferated, and so like yeah. you wanted to find and contain these things instead of there's just one that exists and it doesn't really do much, but it's it's like it's so evil, like but not an evil in a way that matters at all. Just like we're just all supposed to be scared that it's evil or good. It's like the person who tells about how great they are and without actually doing any right. of those things, just constantly talking about it. So even though it's not useful to an individual person, I did try to think about whether or not uh, these would have utility in institutions. And I, and I do think there's more, you can make more of a case that these are useful for organizations or institutions than they are for a person. That makes sense. Yeah. Just share, share it around a little bit. Uh, you know, the, the local, um, Abby has the good book to help booster healing in, in extreme cases or something like that. Yeah. It can and, get and passed around. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, less like that and more like the, this, what I, what you read earlier were the benefits of being attuned to the book. There are also several there are also qualities that both of these books have that apply to people um, who are just the, for the first time attuning to it or people who are trying to read it. Yeah, the Book of Exalted Deeds has a property that when evil creatures attempt to read it, they take 24d6 radiant damage that ignores resistances and immunities. Uh, creatures reduced to zero hit points by this damage disappear in a blinding flash of light, destroyed but leaving behind their possessions. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. So... Ooh, tricked ya. Ooh, you're gone. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. You thought it was something, but it's something should, else. Should, shouldn't have read the book. Shouldn't have read um, that book. We talked in uh, a a previous episode, I think the episode just prior to this one, Detect Evil and Good, about the possibility of parole boards using that spell to determine if a creature had been rehabilitated. With with the Book of Exalted Deeds, you could just build the supermassive prison and put the, put the Book of Exalted Deeds in the middle, and then any inmate who can walk up and read the book is free to go because they've been <laughs> rehabilitated because they didn't get incinerated by right. trying to read it. Because it's not even... It doesn't even say when an evil creature reads the book. It says when an evil creature attempts to read it. Yeah. So like, like you don't I'm get to open up the yeah. front cover. Just kind of skim. Oh, there I go. Yeah. 
as soon as you, as soon as you're, I guess you're through like less than one word, you start to, you just incinerate if you're evil. I think attempting to read something is opening it up. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's a very weird, I mean, like reaching looking, for looking the cover. It, yeah. Looking at it with the intention to read it. Like what if the book's already open? Then it's just like looking in its direction and thinking you might. Yeah. Thought crime. Yeah. So, so, so that, that's one thing. I do think that you could even expand it to the idea of there being a whole judicial system where people aren't judged on individual crimes. Like if I steal uh, an apple from you, that might be a problem. People might not like it, but it's not a crime unless I get, unless I go read the book and I get destroyed. So basically you're judged by the kind of summary of all of your, all of your actions instead of just one. So like maybe when I steal from you, I don't get uh, any kind of punishment, but I do have to go read from the book of Exalted Deeds. Oh my God. And <laughs> if, if you've gone manage, bad enough, you're yeah, gone. <laughs> exactly. If I manage to stay good despite my actions, well, then I'm still good enough to participate in society and be there. But the second I do something that pushes me into evil, then I'm just That's gone. horrific. That's horrific and arbitrary and... Like, is is the book connected to any one god? Like, whose morality it's, is judging this yeah, book? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to get into that later. But, yeah, I mean, you're right that it's – I don't know. In some ways, it's less arbitrary than our kind of fallible justice systems in that, like, presumably this is, like, you can't fake this. Like, you're evil or you're <laughs> not. And so, and so, like, if you're evil, then – but it's – but it also, I think – in the but real, real life, world. evil doesn't exist. Like, like right. evil and, and good evil, doesn't yeah, exist. Right. So, right. I mean, so that so then there's this the other thing is that in the real world, we might imagine if there's an evil person out there who's not really doing evil things, like they probably don't deserve to die. But like in this world, if you were evil in a pretty like passive way, you're gonna die if you try to read this. You're gonna disappear in blinding flash of light, and all of your possessions will be left behind. <laughs> The last thing is just that, you know, I could picture a particular, uh, if, if, a, if this was, if this artifact was obtained by a nation, that maybe that nation's leader or maybe a demigod as a means of protection could uh, lock the entrance to their throne room or personal domain and have the key be some, by re- be reading aloud some section of this book. Mm. Uh, which obviously then would bar evil creatures from ever getting in because any evil creature that tries to read the book out loud is going to become incinerated. So that's fun. That's a fun little take on it. Yeah. I mean, I think the judicial system is the, is the one that that's really potentially world changing in terms of like, if you can imagine a whole culture built around that idea of it's okay to commit small crimes or, 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 you know, do things like that. It's, it's just, once you cross whatever invisible line that people don't know is there. Which is the best part that nobody knows. <laughs> right. Obviously that's the best, that's the best way for any kind of uh justice system to Oh exist. boy. I it, it just, as you're saying that it's, it's a, like a round city, right? Cause this book is the focal point in the middle of this right. city. Yeah. And it's just a spiral of a line that goes out from this thing as people read, <laughs> go and read and go, or I guess attempt to read. I think my, I think in my mind, it's the sort of thing where like 
you you lodge complaints against fellow citizens, and then once oh, they get a God, certain number Benjamin. of complaints, then they have to go read from the book. Like that guy stole. Oh, my you thing, mean like the book or... 1984? Oh, interesting. Thought <laughs> crime, was... right? Right, 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 right. It's neither a thought crime nor is it. We much will like meet in a place but... where there is no darkness, and it's called the book room, and we're going to read from the book. <laughs> And see whether or not you planting your hedge on my side of the property is worth you turning into a ball of light. We're going to find out. Why don't we talk about the Book of Vile Darkness? Okay. The Book of Vile Darkness has a property that when a non-evil creature attunes to it, that creature must succeed a DC 17 charisma saving throw or become neutral evil. This is trickier to utilize since attuning to the book is a lot more uh, to push a creature to do than to attune to something else. But, you know, (laughs) nevertheless. Yeah, I mean, it's only a short rest to attune to something. So it's the difference between like walking up and looking at it with the intention to read it and spending Mm. an hour with it. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. the The only two real interesting things I could imagine kind of being used institutionally here is that first is that you could be a villain um, and who's looking to recruit minions, but once that to be able to command, as you, you might remember from earlier in this episode, the book lets you command evil creatures mm-hmm. and the book turns you into an evil creature when you attune to it. So a villain might want everybody to, who now, that's joins pretty his interesting. To yeah. like swear on the book, like attune to it for an hour, and then he like takes it away so you not st- you don't stay attuned to it. But doing all that just to make sure that he can target you in the future with this. It's also a good way to root out anybody who might be good or neutral who's just trying to join your organization for the purposes of undermining or overthrowing you. Well, a lot like you were talking about this being or the, the previous book being the pass key to what have right. you yeah, right. to protect something. This is the, this is the door code. This is yeah. the, the book is right there. And to get into the compound or whatever, the lair, you have to read this book uh, to pass. Yeah. And become evil, become corrupted. It, so that well, you're, the... you're already corrupted, but if, if anyone's trying to infiltrate your base and everyone has to read from this thing, then the do That's what I mean. They, they're yeah. corrupted. By like by by oh, even right. making it to you, they're corrupted. It's a it's a double guarantee. Yeah, I like that. Hey there, folks! Come on down to Half Gold Books, where we sell our books for half the gold. We only got only two books in stock this week: the Book of Exalted Deeds and the Book of Vile Darkness. Both of these wondrous artifacts are half off, and there are only two each in the whole multiverse. So come on down and come get them while we got them. If you act now, we can reserve a copy of the Book of Neutral Neutrality, which the makers of them other two books I was talking about. Uh, With this one, we'll have plenty of copies go around, so uh, don't even sweat it. And if you read it, you'll be just right down the middle in your field real good about it you feel calm at peace and you won't have to worry about nothing because it's balanced it's one it's neither side is half gold books found in downtown book town come on get them while we got them
And then the, the second kind of organizational or institutional use of this is that um, I can picture a guild of assassins or any organization where it would be they would benefit from really hardened recruits to have people tuning to this as a way of purging moral influences from new initiates. So like if you run a mercenary assassins guild, you don't want people coming in and getting cold feet about what you're going to ask them to do. And so having them attuned to this book might, you know, convert them to evil and then make them more willing to kind of just do whatever was necessary to complete the kind of nefarious missions you might be assigning to them. Instead of uh, sinking your cost into somebody who defects and then. Or just can't stomach it, you know? Yeah. I I imagine there's lots of. A lot of time wasters out there. (laughs) Exactly. They stay for the, they stay for the kind of recruitment and the training and then ditch as soon as the job starts. Like Like Batman. Yeah. Like they're just coming for the free bagels through training. And then as soon as training's over and they've actually got to go first day on the job, they're out. They've got locks in there. They've got locks. Huh? Yeah. I could be an assassin. LOX locks the smoked salmon for bagels. Okay. I was trying to figure out Mm -hmm. um, if anyone was going to be able to follow your brain, but that makes more sense. Welcome to welcome to my life. Yeah, yeah. 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 So now we get to the big stinking dirty heart <laughs> of the existence of these two books and that is morality in Dungeons and Dragons. So the biggest implications of using these artifacts in your game is that they implicitly confirm as the alignment system and other components of the game do that there's an objective morality in the cosmos of Dungeons and Dragons. And as dumb as that is on its face, before we get into that, I do just want to reiterate how fucked up it is that the book of wild darkness in the, in the introductory, it says that reading it makes you go crazy. makes you go insane. And that attuning to it gives you a physical deformity. There are very, there's very little. (sighs) (laughs) Let me, let me take a second run at that. Sure. This is so obviously awful to associate mental illness and physical deformities or, or, you know, or physical appearance in general with being evil. I, I know they had a lot, they had several like very, no, I don't want to back up from that. I mean, this one's a tough one to run yeah. at. Like, it's it's discouraging to see this from the D and D team, and I hope that in the future they reconsider how harmful and hurtful these these sort of making these sort of connections are. These tropes are outdated. They. Where I, I feel like they were maybe grandfathered in from previous editions that, you know, even even the current 5e book is 10 years old, eight years old. How, how old is it? I, I don't know, but that would be about the right. Uh, in whatever age case, age. I it, I think that in the last even five years, a lot of these 
tropes have been called out more vocally and more obviously as being bad. So, I mean, we could say it's of its time, but that's but still no that, excuse. You know? like, it's I not mean, even that. Because like, like people were looking at um, H.P. Lovecraft and, say, and saying like, that's kind of weird how much evil and insanity and that's like there's a problem with with using mental illness in that way. So I don't think they have a lot of cover for even writing this no. eight or ten years. You know, it's, it's falling back on tired tropes that evil is ugly and and crazy and bad, and and that's that's been the 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 tropes, and they need to be changed. Anyway, let's move on with that uh, important note having been made. Well, one one way the idea of objective morality manifests is that each book requires you to take at least one action corresponding to its alignment once per 10 days, and you automatically lose all benefits, whatever benefits there are, if you take an action of the opposing alignment. Yeah, so this is pretty goofy on on the scale of like one to 10 of how goofy these things get it's a one but on the scale of like for any kind of normal thing this is like pretty close to a 10 so for good it specifies that the action should be one of kindness or generosity but even when i read that i thought how would this ever stop from devolving at a table into a constant fight about what counts as an act of kindness or generosity if i open every time if I keep open the door for somebody after I walk in, is that kind? If I give a single copper piece to a beggar, is that generous? What do these things mean? And then the, the counter argument is you only gave a copper piece. Right. And, and, these, and, and you these, only yeah. held the door open for one person. Like, how much is enough? What is the What is the quantifying factor here? And these are the kind of things that I don't think anybody wants to play a role-playing game to debate or or argue about but I mean, that's exactly <laughs> but that's exactly what these books are gonna provoke are eliciting yeah yeah and one but however on the flip side of that if if we're gonna look at how that might be interesting in the game is that once you have these books you could test what the parameters of the objective moral system that exists in the universe are by figuring out which things kick you off of the book. Right. So, so like you could have moral scientists who just have yeah. a whole science of good and evil based right. on yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, which so I do works. like the yeah. So I do like the idea of there being a monastic order of monks somewhere in the multiverse who have both books yeah. and are keeping them both. And they're just like every day they're running tests to see what's going to get them kicked off. Like if I spit on a kid, is that evil enough? to get me cooked off the book of exalted deeds. If I bring in the child, if I, yeah, <laughs> if I share my meal scraps with a dog, is that kind enough to get me kicked off the book of vile darkness? Oh my God. Um, the, the evil ones are like, okay, we're only going to cut off the ear. Okay. That didn't do it. Okay. We're going <laughs> to dig in to this. We're going to cut off a couple toes. Well, Still I not think evil enough. Probably unless it's very early in, in the development of monastic order, they're going to have a lot of that stuff sorted out. And it's more sure. going to be very mundane. Like what's, what's the rating on 
uh, pranking someone. Is that evil? <laughs> if they laugh at it, though, is it is it is it generous that you made them laugh? So then, so or... then, this is this is a whole uh, encounter with a party where they uh, and come to this. Uh, uh, what's it called? Monastery um, on prank week. And it's just, they've de- dedicated the yeah. whole week to pranks and it's all of these really surly or happy monks running around, like putting tacks under each other's uh, sandals or whatever. Oh, I kind of like that. That idea <laughs> as an encounter. Yeah. Each book has a destruction clause, which says that, they can only be destroyed if all good or evil in the multiverse is wiped out. That's insane. Yeah. So it's not clear if this means all creatures of those alignments, the ability for creatures to take actions of that alignment, or if it's something more, even more esoteric. Like, I don't know what it means for all good to be wiped out in the multiverse or all evil to be wiped out in the universe. It doesn't mean that anything. Doesn't, that, that make any it sense. has no meaning <laughs> yeah so it's like it brings to mind um you know one of the classic ways people criticize the alignment system is D- in D D is uh is it good to kill orcs if orcs are evil and i mean this is obviously is kind of where the D hit like has this intersection of a bunch of problematic issues but if if all if all orcs are evil and there's a baby orc is it good yeah. to kill that orc or is it bad? And these Woof. books seem to suggest that if there's any evil in the wor- in the multiverse, that's a bad thing. And so it all should be wiped out. But that's going to compel you to do some pretty atrocious things. And how would you be considered good after doing that? In which case, then I guess, I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, there are whole character arcs about this, about the paladin trying to figure out what's good, what's evil. And it's not just black and white like this. There needs to be a, a book of gray. That's <laughs> just makes yeah, you as true. There is no, there's no neutral version of the, of these. No books, neutral. That would be interesting. Well, if all of this sounds like a child's understanding of good and evil, then you're right on the money because it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. So, the the only other place then that you can really take this is given that these books exist, given that good and evil are somehow real things in the D&D multiverse, what does that tell us about the state of reality? Since we know gods are for sure real, that leaves us with a few options. One, the multiverse generated with a moral order, but was not designed with intent. So it, it's just random moral laws that nobody decided. They just manifested that way. They're as arbitrary as the laws of physics, basically. This is the weirdest possibility because it means that what counts as good and evil are fundamentally arbitrary. Um, but also given how ridiculous the whole concept of evil and good being things that exist in the world are, maybe that kind of gels with that. Um, one kind of fun mental image around this, at least, is that it essentially means that there are good, good are good particles and evil particles, which we talked about in Detect Evil and Right. Good. But they they must be generated by actions and then glob onto the creatures performing the actions because clearly it's actions 
that I mean the the books talk about act, taking actions that are good or evil. So it does and seem charting to be, them every ten days yeah. yes, on your little see, yeah. on your little calendar. You get a so, star or yeah. you get a little X. Yeah. So it does seem to be that like you, it's the actions that you perform that are good or evil, and then the the kind of karma, I guess, of whatever your actions you're taking is sticking to you. And you're either got some residual good on you or some residual evil on you after those actions. I, I kind of want that to be a mechanic. I, yeah, that I mean, it's like a funny, like yeah. fun. It sounds like fun. And it also makes things so much easier for all this stuff because right. you can have an item to actually see the stuff stuck to you. You can actually like like a hose that washes you washes it all off too correct yes yeah. um the, the the magic good hoop and you just put it over someone like it's a hula yeah. hoop and you put it yeah. over someone and scans them option number two is that the gods or their predecessors designed a moral order and inscribed it onto the multiverse so like after it came into after the multiverse came into existence however that happened the gods or someone like them uh, made a moral system and imprinted it somehow onto the universe. This is a, a more interesting way of thinking about things because it's essentially history is written by the victors writ large. Um, the gods get to kind of retroactively define the things they do as good and the things their enemies do as evil. So, what, so what I like about about this possibility is that um, most of my campaigns end in the player characters fighting and killing gods. Uh, and, and that's a classic D and D trope for sure. Yeah, I mean, I well, even like twenty years ago when I was running a game for my friends, they told me it's not a Benjamin campaign unless we kill the gods at the end. So it's like I just that's just a staple of the. It's who you Stories are. I like your, to tell. Your base personality is yeah, God killer. I, I, <laughs> I don't think of myself as very anti-authority, but I, I guess I must be at heart. But so that's where you get, or, or that's, I think, an interesting adventure, uh, avenue for adventure to explore then. In a, in a game where, in a, in a understanding of D&D, that the gods have decided what is good and what is evil, and they get to just decide and then label you as that for everyone else to see um, or be interpreted by by these magic items. You might get the you, you might have a party who decides, well, that's not right. Nobody should be like unless these the gods in D and D are not themselves infallible. Like in the real world, people will say things like you know that their god is the ultimate. God and so their judgment is, is true and absolute. Is, is yeah. true and absolute, but in but the gods in D and D are much smaller things. Like they're not one true gods. There's lots of them, and they don't all agree with each other, and they have different ideas. And not so, even Paylor, the All Father. Right. Not even that guy. So this does set up the fun uh, possibility of players wanting to overthrow the gods to kind of unshackle themselves and the multiverse from the moral system they've created. I, I feel like these books are more, uh, just like MacGuffins than they are. They, they should be treated more as, as just the thing to get or the thing to protect or the, in, instead of an actual functional item, 
and and leave what that function is up to a DM rather than codifying it with a couple it, of pages yeah, in the I mean, DM's not, yeah. guide. Dungeons and Dragons doesn't really ever do what you're describing, but I agree that like I don't understand like it's an underwhelming magic item. The no, there's no reason anybody would really want this thing, but it clearly is supposed to play some very important kind of cosmic role in explaining what the universe is like. I mean, sending a, a party to create a book of gray to balance these things out, that could be fun. Or sending them out to destroy both of these books that are bad at being th- what they are. Um, that could be fun. So beyond just some plot hooks, I get why I've never heard of these is, is I guess what I'm going for. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so I do have one final idea, the, the third idea that I have about how to, how to use these in your game and make it more interesting is that there is a uh, moral order within the universe that was designed with intent, but it includes the gods as subjects rather than designers. Mm. So there's something outside of the gods that has inscribed even the gods within this moral system. I particularly like this because... I'm very into kind of weird fantasy adjacent type of stuff. And, and I like the idea that there would be this anachronistic corporate HR bureaucracy style organization where they've given every possible action, a good rating or an evil rating. And so like you're just building up chits on the good or evil side every time you do something and the system is all tracking it. And there's probably agents that get dispatched to do stuff like, ensure that you're reading as evil when some glitch in the system made you show up as good, but mostly they're often whatever plane that they're operating the system from. Benjamin, are you saying you want to create a metaphysical ubiquitous bureaucracy so big that the multiverse itself is contained within it? Yes, basically. Yeah, I mean, that tracks. To me, the fact <laughs> yeah, that, that to that's fact a that Benjamin it's, Huffman thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's alien. It works in absolutes. Uh, I mean, the moral this moral system to me doesn't make any sense unless it's from some bizarre. Thing Hell, make it an experiment. To... Make make sure. the aliens looking at us, and they made these items to to see what would happen when when faced with these absolutes. Yeah. It's yeah. And, 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 and then if you wanted to do this, first of all, I think it'd be, it'd be hard to build up. Like, I don't know what you'd, I don't know what you'd use as the kind of breadcrumbs to get people to discover this. That would be, uh, I'm not sure, but I do <laughs> like this because, uh, you know, if the gods are in charge of morality and you don't like morality, well then we go kill the gods. But in this case, the gods are also kind of, trapped contracted yeah yeah and so i like this because the gods maybe have the power to go deal with this but like they're too closely observed and so maybe the gods recruit the player characters into overthrowing this bureaucracy so that because maybe a, a good god and an evil god fall in love but they can't live together because the evil god's trapped on some plane of evil and the good Classic. gods can't leave the plane of good they want to live together and so they're they want you to go overthrow this system so that P- 
people are no longer like their afterlives and the places they can live are no longer determined by whether they show up as good or evil. There's some gods who refuse to believe it. They're they're like, we are the biggest things. Their egos are big enough where they're just like, no, 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 no. This is this. We are all there is. I did not have uh, star-crossed lover gods in the in the in the notes for this. That uh-huh. that sort of was an inspirational thing right there. But I do think that's probably the best impetus for the gods contacting mortals is being like, look, we really love each other and but we're like really into each other. Please. This won't work unless you overthrow the entire kind Our of babysitters op- won't op- let us kiss. <laughs> this oppressive system of morality that these guys have created. Have you ever have you ever made out in space? It's great. And we can't do it because these jerks keep looking at us and I don't want to kiss somebody while somebody's looking worse than that. They're, I mean, I think, I don't know if gods can even leave the planes they're, they're from. I mean, well, probably depends on which gods we're talking about, but wow. Thanks. That about wraps up my thoughts on the book of exalted deeds and the book of vile darkness. If you've made it this far into the podcast, you must be a fan and you may not know because we don't talk about it very often. We have a Patreon. so We do have a Patreon. If you're interested in hearing about our games and getting some spells written by me each month, you should go to patreon.com slash dispelmagic and check us out. Please do that. And if you have any further thoughts on the today's topic in terms of good, evil, and what they mean in, in books, then tweet at us. Or send us an email at dispelmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again after your next long rest. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Dispel Magic. If this has inspired any ideas for your game, or you have another take on today's topic, please let us know on Twitter at dispelmagicpod. You can find Benjamin at Sterling Vermin and Dane at Dane in Danger. Thank you to Slim Mittens for our cover art, produced by Benjamin Huffman, produced and edited by Dean Fox McGraw. You can say something. Like, wow. <laughs> That's going to okay. be the end thing, isn't it? It's me saying, hey, you could say something like, wow. <laughs> hey, wow. Hey, that's great. Hey, Benjamin, great thought about physics, man. Wow. 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 It completely devolved from Owen Wilson to just like, I wasn't even trying to do Owen Wilson in the first place. It just, oh, it came off that way. I'm stopping.